welcome to Totally Tell Me, a weekly entertainment review podcast where we talk about movies, music, food, and fun. My name is Dominic McCurio, and I'm here with Laura Weinbach. Yep. We're, sh- we're sharing a mic um, tonight, so this is that was me moving my head. And our guest this week is Eli Lee of This Island Earth. Hello, hello. Hey there. And we are actually uh, in his house right now, which is quite magnificent. It's a lovely home. We Thank love you. It. It's I, beautiful. I like my house, too. His wife, Katie, is an amazing illustrator and writer, and she is an acclaimed bookseller. She, Yeah, who, she's pretty great. Yeah, you walk into the house and you immediately know that this house has been <laughs> done something to by someone who writes <laughs> books about flowers. Because I that, love it. I absolutely yeah. fucking love it. Yeah. I really like the rugs, and I really like this massive painting of a, of a kitty cat that's next to us currently. Oh, my God. She yeah. bought so many rugs when we moved in. I know. I love rugs. I, I do the same. I would do the same if I had a house as large as this. Wait, so all these ru- all the rugs weren't here? All of them were bought? Because they're very colorful. I think we brought like two rugs from our old house. And then she just, I came home one day and she was in a craze. And she was like, I found so many rugs today on the internet. Oh, on Etsy, right? Because that's where I look. And on other places. But I've been looking for rugs myself. And I know how much time can be spent on finding things. But also how many great things can be found. And one other quick thing as well. Um, we are actually on tour right now. We are in Bend, Oregon. Uh, we forgot to mention that. Um, and if you are a regular listener, you probably realized that last week we did not have an episode. And uh, meant to give you guys a heads up about that, but we uh, we just didn't get around to it. You know, we're busy people. You know, we got we got a tour to do. We got we got families to feed. Not really, but um, we are back, of course, and uh, this week we're going to be talking about the second episode of season seven of Game of Thrones. It's a very specific sort of thing, and I know that Laura has uh, been much anticipating the um, the uh, beginning and, and probably not the end of uh, Game of Thrones and all of that which it will be. Wait, anticipating the beginning? No, I've been watching the beginning for the last, like, three years on repeat. Right. I guess I mean <laughs> the, the return of... Yeah, anticipating this particular episode, yes, in, de- in uh, or deeply episodes. for the last week. Really all episodes. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and also, just one other quick thing before we like, kind of get into some shit. Um, on August 2nd, uh, Fox Tales Brigade will be playing uh, at the chapel, and we are going to be uh, debuting some some visuals and new songs. And so if you live in San Francisco, you should come on out to that. Um, but Eli, how's it going? What's, uh, what's up with this island earth? What are you guys, uh, what are you guys up to right now? Uh, I'm, I'm making an album. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and where are you in that crazy oh process? Oh my God. Uh, so the, the album, I'm going to try not to like do a nosedive into the deep end on it. <laughs> like the yeah, explanation, the, but it's like a brief overview. It's a really big concept album. And it's coming out in three parts, but each each part is like 50 minutes long. So they're all full albums, and they're all coming out over the next year and a half. Um, oh, wow. And I've, I've been working on them for four years now. So Holy I can shit. say in some form or another. Sure. Um, well, now that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I, I was in a different band before I started doing The Silent Earth. And so I, I actually started it with them, and then... We stopped doing that, and so I kind of like went back and redid. I was really attached to all the thematic elements that we had, mm-hmm. and so I kind of just went back and rewrote all the music from scratch. 
but wow. kept the other stuff that I'd had there. And so it's good. I mean, I was just down, I was down in the Bay back in, uh, May. Did I, I think I came down in May yeah. at the beginning of May. Yeah. 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 I got some of Laura, I got some of Anton on there. Um, yeah. L- Laura and Anton. Of yeah, I try. I try. There's. Yeah, there's another uh, Bayer musician named Emily Afton oh, that yeah. sang. She sang oh, on a cool. track, and I'm actually bringing her up here. I hope uh, at the end of August to do like redo the the tracks that we did down there. I awesome. fucked up some stuff, and so I was like, "We got to redo." I like your voice sounded really good. We got to redo them, and I want you to put you on the other song too that matches with it. Cool. So. That's awesome. But I think it'll be out in October, the, oh, f- the cool. first part. And, okay, so yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So just the first mm. part in October. Yeah, and then every, like, six months after that, I'll release the second, and then six months after that, I'll release the third one. And right. we all know how good we are at sticking to schedules as <laughs> creatives. Like, I'm sure uh, it'll, it'll be come out, six you know, months right gonna, on the nose. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Well, the new stuff that I was hearing tonight sounded awesome. And Thank I you. had never seen you play with a live drummer before, and I was uh, completely God, it's It's so much more fun to play with more people. Yeah. I mean, you get, like, the complexity of the more people you add, you know, the more stuff you have to sync up with. But, like, the more people that you have on stage, the better the energy is. Totally. Wait, by the way, did we mention that we all played a show together tonight? I don't <laughs> think people were aware of it, but we, what we we've did. been up to we is Fox Hills Brigade is on tour. Tonight we stopped in Bend, Oregon, which is where we're recording this podcast, mm-hmm. and played a show with this island earth, and it was awesome. It's, it's where I live. At the Volcanic Theater in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. I don't live at the theater. No. <laughs> like... <laughs> Back behind the curtains, like the Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> raising a three-year-old and having a wife, but I don't ever come out from behind the curtains. And what was your drummer's name again? Micah. Micah, Micah. Hummel. Yeah, he's okay. and he's from Portland. Okay. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's... I love his style. Oh, God. Micah's, totally Micah's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys had a had a had a great show tonight. Uh, I was, I was Thanks. very much yeah, enjoying it. Yeah, I, I really dug your guys' new stuff, too. Cool, man. We're trying new stuff, guys. You'll hear about that later. It sounds great. Another thing I really want to take a deep dive into is uh, the moth situation out here. We will. Oh, Jesus. Um, We will. We'll have a now. Go ahead. Go ahead and ask me how I've been. It's fine. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Laura. How how have you you been? I'm sorry. (laughs) How have you been, Laura? Well, to be honest, it's been a little rough tonight. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Okay. Explain the situation. We had a situation after the uh, the show. Mm-hmm. All right. I walked outside of the venue to go get something from the car like a half an hour before the show was over. And I noticed some objects flying around the light pole, the very bright light pole uh, next to which our car was parked, very adjacently, as a matter of fact. And I thought, that could pose a threat later tonight but i'm <laughs> going to ignore it for act- now did, did you actually i actually you, you actually you actually thought about that i absolutely thought about it and i thought must remember to tell ban move car before <laughs> loading out and for whatever reason i fucking forgot okay uh-huh. and these items that were flying these objects that were small ob- flying objects around the lamppost near the car i thought those could be bats so they were unidentified flying objects. Initially, yes, and then as I was, you know, clo- getting more and closer, 
more closely approaching the car, I realized that they were mutant fucking monster-sized moths. <laughs> and there were about 10 of them that I passed by on the way to the car that were on the ground, smashed, and sort of oh, still wriggling if around. if not more, if not more. <laughs> yeah, and so I get my ass into the car, and I grab the item that I need to get and get the fuck out of there because I did not want to be around these monster moths. And, and, then and just for size, just for size reference, uh, go ahead and everybody just hold out your fist. And it's sort of somewhat the size of one's fist or the size of, of these uh, of these Mothras. Okay, go ahead and continue. Anyway, I make my way back to the club and forget about the whole thing because this island Earth was playing and I thought, I want to enjoy this show right now. <laughs> show is ending. <laughs> Anton tells me we need to pack it up and start loading out. And I give him the key because I was dealing with the merch table. And about two minutes, maybe less than two minutes after I had given him the key and realized he was making his way to that infestation <laughs> outside of it's the car, a, I, I realized, the term. <laughs> oh my God, I did not warn Anton to not <laughs> open the car door for an extended <laughs> period of time. And I know that Anton would not have thought <laughs> to you know, move the car or protect our situation from this potentially very hazardous and uh, frightful situation. Nightmarish, I would venture to say. And anyway, I go out there about five minutes later after I'm done dealing with the merch table and I see all of our stuff just just gathered around the car on the floor out with these monster-sized moths just swarming around. And I look down at our things, and there are moths. There are giant fucking moths on our <laughs> oh, stuff, okay? Yeah. On our things that are going to go into the car. Right, it's true, it's true. The car, which, by the way, had a giant open trunk. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was horrible. <laughs> and I thought, what are you guys doing? I said, to you, I said, what are you guys doing? And they're like, go away. Get away from here. <laughs> Leave here now. And I said, why? There's moths here. They're like, there are giant moths here. Go away. You're not going to like this. I said, I do not like this. Ela right now is just like, oh, God, these fucking Californians coming no, up here. They I, just don't get it. I, they get, don't. I mean, moths have no sense of personal space. <laughs> no, they just, the thing about these moths, too, is that they were fairly fearless. They just go up to a person and land on them and stay there for a while, despite <laughs> Well, Despite they're, like they're trying crazy to lay, movement. they're trying to find a spot to lay eggs. I don't know if that helps you feel better about them landing on <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, no, that doesn't help. <laughs> right, and you were saying they're like neon green or something too. Oh, they're super fucking gross. So they're yeah. like alien eggs. Yeah, oh yeah, they're neon and they lay in like a big cluster with slime oh, right. and clustered eggs. That's a nice thought to have. Um, possibly nestling in your armpit. Oh yeah. No, yeah. they'll they'll lay their eggs anywhere they can find a spot that doesn't move. Anyway, we. So they're packing the thing. Anton's yelling at me to get a get away because he knows I'm going to freak out. I run back into the venue, and Dominic quickly follows me. And, mm-hmm. and I, I want to know part of, in them. Right? Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> Dominic, what are we going to do? They're out there. The car is open. The mods are flying into the car as we speak. We are not going to have a safety zone after this. Mm-hmm. And Dominic's like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, oh, my God, why did they do this? Why couldn't they have just thought themselves to move the car away from this infestation? It was a horror movie scenario, absolutely. It was it very was, Green Room. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> have you seen Green Room? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, it wasn't quite Green Room. I just wanted to make sure we're on the same I was just picturing the scene where he pulls his arm back in from singing it out of the door, but now there's moths inside the arm right. instead. Oh, my it's God. It's super disturbing. Basically, oh, God. Basically, we, these moths were cutting into us, much like those razor blades, you know? Yeah. Well, the the Kinda. wings are 
the wings a similar they, shape. Right. They're absolutely, like, absolutely. Yeah, the shape of a blade. I, I, <laughs> I feel like it's important to mention, though, just so people that don't know about this area of Oregon, they don't think that like every summer we just have these giant fucking moth infestations and it's terrible <laughs> and everyone's sad and then the moths <laughs> lay eggs and die. Well, I'm sure a lot of people love the moths, too. I mean, they're yeah, kind of cool well, in a kind I mean, of theoretical sense, but in like, a literal sense, it's not that People fun. love ice cream, too, but like <laughs> if you cover yourself in gallons of ice cream, you're kind of over ice cream, <laughs> even if you really liked it to be. Well, with. I don't know about that. I mean, the, I could be. But, you're, but you were going to say that. This the, well, yeah, so that. it's. I'm like I'm sure that I'm not gonna get my facts right because th- this is what I remember hearing when I was a little kid. And if anyone is an insectologist or whatever, that I, I'm sure there's a specific term for moths too. But I'm probably wrong, so you'll have to forgive me. But I so they come every seven years. It's in like seven year cycles, mm-hmm. and they're these huge. Like the year before the moths come, there'll be these fat green caterpillars, and mm. they're super gross and super mm-hmm. fat and they eat a bunch of food and then they go into the ground and they gestate for a really long time, which all that means is that if you've seen like, have you like if, if you've seen Fantasia, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you've seen Fantasia, you know, the last movement in Fantasia that's super disturbing and that like, that like, lord of hell or whatever he is like Uh comes out of the ground and like summons all the demon spawn from the Mm -hmm. that's sort of the trip that the moths take over the seven years so they burrow into the ground and they come back seven years later living hell yeah essentially like it takes them seven years because they're burrowing down to whatever like chambers are down in the hollow earth Mm -hmm. and uh much like the seven <laughs> layers of hell or whatever, seven circles of hell. Right, yeah. right. And then and then Hades summons them back up. So if you just imagine the scene in Fantasia and they're all kind of spewing out of the ground and that's sort of what happens. But it only happens yeah. every seven years. And then... And we just happen to be here on that seventh year. Today. Right, and they're really only around for a couple of weeks too because then the church bells ring and they go back into the earth and do their thing. And right. I mean, other than that, it's beautiful here. Other than that, it's just totally gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful city. Come on out to Bend, Oregon. No, I love it here. And even, like I said, in theory, the moths are cool and they look fun and they're pretty. But Until there's so many. I don't want to touch them. I don't want them to touch me. Mm-mm. And I certainly do not want them buzzing around in my car. And, yeah, so basically they were everywhere. They were everywhere. And I just was yelling at Anton and Alex. I said, guys, please just don't do this here. Move the car. Move it to another location. Why are you doing it in the line of direct fire? Yeah, anyway, I was like, you guys need to come and pull up to where the venue is, the venue door is. I am not getting in the car near those things. We don't want to open any more doors of this car. So we're all going to wait to get into the car. One person will get in the car, drive the car to a non-lit area where the moths are not swarming around in hordes. And we'll each get in one at a time so that the least amount of moths can get in. Mm. They swore that there were no more moths left in the car, that there was one that got in and then they got it out. But who knows? Because as they were saying that, (laughs) as Anton was saying that, a giant fucking moth like just plops out from his armpit. I'm not even kidding. It was like this giant mutant-sized fucking brown pus-covered moth. I would not. I couldn't deal with that. It yeah. was horrifying. And it was just, it was like resting brave. in his pit. Okay. I think we mentioned that they lay eggs in clusters whenever they can find yeah, so like a slow eggs. spot. Yeah, he probably got that eggs. He's got some eggs going on <laughs> right now. 
He's, he's got kind of like an eggy shirt. We, we, we'll go get a cream in the morning and clear yeah, it right I up. Not, <laughs> I hope he's not HIV. <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> oh, yeah, HIV, hive, like, I don't know, not really bees. I don't know, it's sort of a, never mind. <laughs> there, yeah, moths aren't really a colony, moths, bees, a colonizing know, insect. HIV. <laughs> Eggs. Eggs. Uh-huh. Anyway, it's a joke uh, in progress. It's a joke in progress. Everybody, it's fine. She's gonna figure it out, and we'll get back to you at like the end of the podcast with the with the complete joke. It is almost four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I too. hope it doesn't have that HIV. <laughs> this no, podcast does have a sort of four a.m. vibe to it, doesn't it? It's a bit of a four a.m. situation. Anyway. Anyways, um, I think maybe we should get to the meat of the matter, which is the the game, the game of. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have more to say? I'll just finish up by saying the models were horrible. There's a documentation of them being horrible on audio which perhaps we'll share with you later. Right now. <laughs> There's one on the door. On my door. I know. I was excited to see you. Oh, God, it's not there anymore. Where is it? <laughs> Where is it? Is it on me? Tell me the truth. <laughs> no, it's fine. You swear? You swear. I don't see it on you, Laura. You're fine. Oh, God, I just can't take you're this. Fine. You're fine. I just can't take this. <laughs> you're fine. Oh god, this is a nightmare. Yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. This is a bit of a nightmare. This is this is worse than green room. Stop! Don't! Don't! No! No! Stop it! Stop it! Don't do that! I didn't. I god. just wanted to talk to him. Stop! Do not open my window right I'm now. I'm sorry. God, what's your problem? I, I, I thought you wanted to talk to us. <laughs> Okay, well, so what we're truly here, though, to discuss, as we have all just witnessed, is the uh, second episode of Season 7 of Game of Thrones. So if you have not seen that episode, um, I mean, I feel like we can't really even do too much of a not-spoiler kind of thing. I guess we could actually maybe just vary of the briefest briefs, uh, just let people know what you thought of the episode. Um, or actually, one thing we can do is just go around and say our history with Game of Thrones. Um, starting with me, I basically have none. I have seen That's the first so season and a half of Game of Thrones. I find it kind of boring, and I have not seen any other episodes except for this one. So I was, you know, um, very much in the loop. Uh, I have a few theories as to what I think could have been going on, but it was very unclear to me. Uh, all right, Laura, go. Love Game of Thrones. I've watched every episode over three times, three times and counting. I was very excited about tonight's episode. I wanted to talk about the last episode, but we didn't have a episode, uh, sorry, a a totally tell me episode in which I could discuss the last episode. So we'll probably be like, you know, getting into some of that and definitely discussing the uh, merits and demerits of this episode. This show more than anything is a character. It's really about character development and character arches and, that's what makes it so compelling. It's not about, you know, it's not about like the crazy like visuals or the like even just the 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 aesthetic of it um, or the time period, the imaginary time period that, during which it takes place. All of that really comes second to the the character developments and the complexities and the mm-hmm. the shades of gray really that all of these characters reflect, which is yeah really what keeps me coming back for more. And that's what's great about it. Eli, let, next, let's get to you. No, How did I th- you feel I about it? I think that's great. Um, I think I'm like, I'm like 80, 80% the, the fan of Game of Thrones that you are. <laughs> which, which means I still like, I like it a lot. Um, I think actually one of the things that I've been appreciating it 
the most about it is that to my best recollection, it's like the first kind of slower paced cinematic scale show that's Mm -hmm. ever been on a network. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's paved the way for a lot of really cool shows in the last few years. Mm -hmm. Like no one would have been willing no networks no would have been willing to put the money in to create like a cinematic scale style series and be okay with the slower pacing if it wasn't for Game of Thrones coming first and being a massive success because people fucking love shows like that and mm-hmm. and it turns out like you can make money off of shows like that too. So now they <laughs> like I I don't think Westworld would have been Westworld if it even was a thing without Absolutely. and and I I'm crazy about Westworld, so I think you're totally right. Like uh, Game of Thrones being such the cultural phenomenon it is, it, it is crazy that it's so popular um, because that is partially why I could not get so invested in it. Is it was it, it is slow. It is slow. And granted, I do see like uh, there's so much good to it. Really, like you mm-hmm. know, I, I mean, maybe I'm playing up that like I, I don't like it or whatever. But I, I find it like entertaining uh to watch but there's just for me personally it doesn't keep me hooked but i do see so much incredible things about it like from a production standpoint yeah and and that is is thrilling to watch like even this episode even though i basically didn't understand what the fuck was going on (laughs) uh there was a layer to it that was very exciting for me to watch which is just like wow this is like a large-scale production right here it's like pretty crazy yeah to see that on television yeah yeah and I do think you're right about them kind of paving the way for like to, uh, major shows to get a major amount of money and not need to be like an action show or whatever. Yeah. Like they can yeah, be a character driven yeah, yeah. drama and get a good budget now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then they can decide to yeah, do right. a war in the middle of the season. Right. Well, I mean, they... this is, it, this is like all genres and kind of tied up into one really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got everything, you know, there's yeah. all kinds of action sequences in it, but there's also, you know, long drawn out dramatic sequences that are really just yeah. focused on character development. So I think we should probably get into spoilers. So if you have not seen uh, episode two, season seven, Game of Thrones, I'm being very specific because everyone's very fucking pe- peculiar about these spoilers in this uh, show here. Uh, probably now would be a good time to tune out and just watch it. I mean, it's like an hour. Or I mean, I guess if you're caught up, it's an hour. But, you know, like, seriously, what are you even doing listening to this? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so this- now... With all, with all due respect, what did what did uh, what did you think, Eli, about uh, about this episode in oh, the uh, grander scale of the Game of Thrones? Okay, in the in the grander scale. All right, so the, Laura's right. It totally had more meat than the premiere, which I I have to say. And we well, like hopefully we'll not talk about the premiere too much. But I was, I thought the premiere was oh, you disappointing. Could, you could totally talk about like, you could totally talk about the seriously underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it opens with a great scene, and then from there on out, it's just like nothing's happening. <laughs> no, I mean, I get you, I hear you, but at the same time, I think that they kind of do this like this is a pretty typical thing for them on the first episode of a season. However, what did you? So you loved the first opening scene of the last episode. I liked the opening scene, and then there's actually two more that I like. I can still they're like burned into my mind. Um, mm-hmm. Just because the shot was so gorgeous, there's like, uh, like I'm gonna get super. But there's one when Jamie Lannister's like standing in the, uh, <clears throat> in the the Red Keep. Yeah, the re- yeah. He's and he's like on the wall, and it's a crazy 
I mean, I don't know if they used a. Probably they used a drone. I mean, I'm sure they could have used other things to capture shot, but it, the drone seems the easiest. But they did like, they did one of him, and then they mirrored the same shot with uh, Daenerys walking oh, yeah. into uh, Dragonstone, Dragonstone, where it was like they were so small in the landscape or the backdrop of what was happening. I mean, you could like they were mm-hmm. just big enough that you could tell what character it was, mm-hmm. but it was like it was just about the space where they were. And so it was kind of like, and I think that they, like if I remember the pacing right, it's almost like they happened like in opposite mirrored points of the, like Jamie scene happens early on and Daenerys happens right towards the end. So like in the in the beginning of the first third and then the end of the last third, and it's almost like it mirrors up these two mm. spots to. Interesting that they would parallel those two in that way. Yeah. I, I don't know about those characters. I mean, I know the spaces. Um, I don't know if the character thing, or if even well, if it was an intentional pairing. But well, I do think that those kinds of things that, you know, like what you're describing are intentional mm. a lot of times. Like, you know, there will be subtle kind of parallel, like, illustrations, like, in that way to imply or hint at something or yeah. or foreshadow what's to come. But anyway, it's something you definitely notice watching it three times in a row. <laughs> or three times, <laughs> not in a row, but at various times. So now was I got a question for you guys. Was this episode something you consider mostly foreshadowing or was there some payoff for you as a Game of Thrones fan? Oh, definitely there was some action going on here. Like but payoff. I mean, was there some like big payoffs or anything? Well, I mean We're just getting into it still, oh, but All right, all right. Sorry. It's top top level. We like if I mean if we want to throw like the one of the biggest spoilers out there right at the beginning, like we what are those three the three Dornish girls, the daughters? Oh, the sand called? snakes. We Xena the Warrior. We lost Mayweather. at least two of them. Like yeah, it shows two of them dying and we don't Wait. know what happens to the third. Oh right. She gets she... taken with her mother and they're like, Please right. just kill us now and No, they're not gonna get killed though, because they're gonna be the gift to Cersei given by Oh, you think he's gonna Meathead, keep alive? Dude. Oh, maybe not. No, but if maybe, he does that, no, I think no, if he I gives him alive, it'll be even more fucked up. <laughs> no, yeah, because then that she knows that too. Dornish Queen knows, like she's like, kill us now, just get it oh, over with, because Jesus. she knows that if he gives them to her alive, then that she's they are gonna in give them to the mountain, shit. and it's gonna who be knows some hardcore what, shit going yeah. on up there. But I have to say, I mean, what the fuck? The Sand Snakes died that easily, and they're supposed yeah, to be these like badass I, bitches. Like that was ridiculous. The only way I could see. That happened. I mean, he was a crazy guy with a, what's his, Urion? Urion. 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 Urine. Urine. Urine Joy. Oh, there's someone called Urine Joy on this show? Urine Grey Joy. Urine is the name of, this is beautiful. Okay. Now you're talking my language. This is more interesting <laughs> so, to me. So, Urine Joy, like, the, the, there's this. It's, it's a sneak attack. Yeah, it's a, it's like a battle on the high seas. It's mm-hmm. like a it's pirate themed. Um, without there's like I mean there's no nautical puns or anything, but he like jumps on the ship and he's got an axe and he goes crazy and he like, yeah he totally he takes on two of them at the same time. Yeah, and it's like you would think that they would be able to have, you know, some. It's like they were supposed to be these badass I bitches, know. and two of them couldn't take down one. Like mead honey dude <laughs> with a, with an axe. With it an wasn't axe? even a big axe. I know he's it just some like fucking a chump. Hatchet. He's not like supposed I'd to use be that some to like refined wood. swordsman. No. Yeah, no. but the point is, is how okay? There's a lot of kind of contrivances I think going on in this whole sequence. In a way, it's like, all right, they just came up with this grand battle plan, 
right? Yeah. And they didn't even consider where Euron could be lurking around and the corner. And they knew that he still had like a whole half a fleet. Yeah, exactly. And beyond that, how, well, how did he find them? How did like that happen? And how was it that he was able to like plan out his attack on them? Have they ever established like a like a GPS system in Game of Thrones <laughs> where they can use like they can be like, well, this this raven crossed this raven at I this time most likely, I mean, and which means that stretch. <laughs> right. it just like I mean that seemed like a major like question mark. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, I remember thinking that in the scene, I was like, all right, I get it. Like it's a payoff battle, but how the did it, like it's an ocean. No, it was just like how did how that do you just find happen? Someone in the middle of the ocean. And not only that, but I just feel like Game of Thrones is not not a show that I feel leaves a lot of room for just questions. You know what I mean? Right. Like there usually are reasons for everything that happens, and everything is very meticulously thought out. And that's why I felt like this was well. Maybe we'll get some answers later. Yeah, I don't I know. I mean, maybe, maybe there, there like maybe there's before. a leak. Maybe there's a leak, not like an actual leak on the ship, but like a like a no. mole, like a rat. Yeah. Right, right. Um, I don't know. I hope so because th- right now yeah. I'm just like, what? That was feeling a little cheap. Yeah. I felt. I don't know. Did Jar Jar Binks, you know, or whatever his name is, who wrote the books, did he have anything to do with this fucking se- season? Or I think he read Tonkins. J J R R S Tomkin S S S the S S Tomkin. George R. R. Martin. Oh, yeah, 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 Martin. That's it. Martin. Uh, um, <laughs> anyway. I think he's still executive producer. But, but is he not? Did he write this yet? No, I think they went off the rails when they brought John back to life. Okay, which because was, it's feeling like that might be the case right now. You know, because the writing has changed. Uh, yeah. The construction of it. the craftsmanship of the writing is not quite as yeah airtight it's, it's more open to holes as it was before and i felt like this on the last episode that there was a little bit of i don't know what it is about the directing but it just felt there was felt like there was a bit of a departure from the quality of the directing a yeah. little bit i could be tripping i, I haven't know. i haven't paid a lot of attention in the last couple of seasons to like look at directors of certain episodes Mm-hmm. But I do feel like, I mean, it's starting out slow, like their seasons almost always do. But they've got a lot to pack in before the show's over. And I feel like when you have, like if you have directors that you've wanted to put in the seat, you put them on the episodes like this, where you're like, the pacing's right. going to be slower, like there's not a lot mm-hmm. going on. Oh, right. you can do it this time. Right. Wait, how many episodes are in this season? And that's what I need to know right now. Yeah. How many are we going to get before we have to wait another year? I, d- I don't know. I heard multiple things okay. from people who knew more than me about Game of Thrones. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, okay, the way the first episode was, it was like there were all these little it, jokes and stuff. You know? It's seven. Oh. I just looked it up. Seven. Seven more episodes Shit, or seven total? Seven. It appears that there's just seven episodes in season seven. Okay. Damn it. That sucks. And then we get one more like it's like a six episode season is the last next, one. Yeah. The next one. They're basically breaking up two seasons. Yeah. Or one season into two. But um I didn't know they were doing it this season. I thought they were gonna do that next season. Okay. Well anyway, 
Yeah, it just uh, felt like yeah. there were all these little kind of like cheesy jokes and stuff. I mean, some of the jokes were kind of funny in the first episode, but there was just a lot of this comic relief bullshit that felt very <laughs> unnatural to the Game of Thrones. And <laughs> I don't know if I like that. You know what I mean? I don't know if I like that new vibe. You know, I just I want I want this to be a whole a whole product here. You know. And just to answer you guys' other question, um, I'm just kind of looking through the seasons right now as, as to who directed what. And it does sort of appear that they're just kind of like um, passing it between about maybe four to five different directors. Um, and they're all just kind of like switching off for various episodes. So this dude who directed this episode, Mark, Mark Malloyd, um, he's directed, uh, it seems like, many other episodes. Okay. What's what's that? I think it's pronounced Milord. Oh, I think it's pronounced uh, my lord. <laughs> milord. Aye, aye, milord. Milord. Jaja, milord. Would you be so kind as to direct David, this episode? David, milord, please direct this episode, the second episode of the seventh season. Please, we need it immediately. Milord, do me this honor. Direct episode two of the game. Yes, your honor. For for my life and for the seven kingdoms amongst thee. Amongst thee. <laughs> Anyway, so who directed the first episode again? Um, the, dire- the director of the first episode is Jeremy Pod- Podwest. Podwet? Podwest? Podeswa. <laughs> there you go. Podeswa. Jeremy Podeswa. I don't know if I liked it. Sorry, buddy. I, th- I feel like that might be more the writing's fault, though, for the pacing. Like, what he, you know, like, what he had, what he had. Yeah, what to, he was given to work, to work with. with. Well, no, there was just something, though, about the way it was presented, too. Yeah. It was like there was some kind of vibe to it that I don't know if I liked, and I couldn't put my finger on it. I want to watch it again, though. I am going to watch these two episodes again probably the day or two days before the next episode comes out just to kind of, like, reinvigorate. And, like, four more times. <laughs> no, I just I want, I need to get reinvigorated, like, full-fledgedly, you know, because mm-hmm. I've been really busy lately, so it's been hard for me to fully, like, just dive in. Even though, I mean, I'm in it, you know, I just, <laughs> I don't know. What else can we talk about, though? Well, I have something for you guys. Um, I guess I'm one, I, I would like, I would like you to, I would like, here's what we're going to do. I'd like you to tell me how accurate um, my interpretation of the story oh, was. Great. Now, here's what I think happened in this episode. You know, there was some people and they were like, they went down into some sort of like basement and they had a sort of dragon museum and they were <laughs> looking at these old uh, dragons and, and discussing um, perhaps when the dragons will return. Uh, they, they, they were testing these bows, you know, to, to maybe see if the, if the dragon's gonna, gonna be, be killed by the bows. Um, later on, we have someone per, uh, covered in scabs. Now, I'm assuming that he has been um, uh, uh, behithed by by a dragon, uh, by which I mean that he has been dragon breathed uh, to the body, um, and somehow survived this. Uh, now and now he has some uh, gross, meaty, pussy scabs. Uh, a doctor is maybe trying to cure him by scraping off uh, apparently all of his skin. All the scabs. Um, another boy here who has a a very nice butt um, is seeming to say goodbye to uh, this other woman who I'm assuming is his lover. And this is like some sort of reluctant goodbye uh, sex. And there's something to do. Grey Worm. Oh, sorry, what? That this was the, Grey Worm, the, name of the, the butt. Unsullied. He's like, I feel you now. Yeah. Now, do we know something about his penis or something? Like, was there yes. an inside joke? <laughs> he doesn't have one. It's not no, well, he really doesn't a ha- joke. Oh, he doesn't. <laughs> what? 
No, I, or he doesn't have balls, I guess. Well, I, he so doesn't I, have balls. I think they're castrated, so... Oh, then he doesn't have penis. No, no. Okay, wait. not penis and balls? Oh, okay, so this I... Was, I was like, cracking up so hard during that scene because I'm going, what is it? Does it look like a Ken doll or something? But, like that, oh, my God. I thought the same thing. But but then I was like, I was thinking I about it. I was like, it. well, wait. I'm like, what is their sex life like, like in that moment? Ca- castration is not a, a normal thing to run into nowadays. So I was like, all right, cast. I mean, I think castration is just the balls. Sure? I think, but I I'm. Thought it was penis, I'm maybe. not sure. Oh God, I'm gonna sound so dumb, so dumb. Can we look it up? Um, I'll look it up in a second. But now, my <laughs> interpretation of this was that perhaps he had a very small penis. It was perhaps a micro penis of a sorts, no. um, because it seemed like she was. Uh, well, he was reluctant to take off his his quite, pantalones. Quite reluctant um, to this woman, uh, and. No. I don't want to show you. And then she's like, I want to see you. And then she takes it off and then she kind of smiles like, oh, yeah. So it's like, mm, it's <laughs> even more unusual than I imagined. But it's also kind of funny. Cause it's like, then she wants to pretend to have sex with him. Like, what does she think? He's going to sprout another dick was, in that moment? Like, because was, their love for each other is so hard <laughs> and in both literal and spiritual sense. No, did they? It seemed like they had sex. So then I was like, because uh, well, then I thought that there might have been a possibility they didn't have a penis, but then it seemed like they were about they were having sex. Or so well, I think he just humped her and then he decided I, to go down on her. Yeah, he did go down on her. I th- I'm st- I'm pretty certain that castration <laughs> is, is just the balls. And I so I, but I think what happens is if your balls get cut off, I don't think that you can get an erection yeah, anymore. You can't. Yeah. But yeah. it's possible that like the Maybe power of their love the in that moment love. just gave him ju- like yeah, there was just enough love that he was able to achieve like a raging erection in defiance of God. Uh huh. And then they and then they did and it. Then he ate her but out. They they didn't yeah they didn't do it very long. He he definitely ate her out then. So. Castration noun: the removal of the <laughs> testicles of a male animal or man. Damn it! Okay, shit. Huh? I thought it was penis too. Does it mention the whole erection thing? Well, now I could go down a <laughs> wormhole looking at some castration <laughs> sort of illustrations and diagrams and charts, but I just don't know if I have the time, Eli. You know, I just thought maybe in that first little paragraph it would be like, "And the- I can't get an erection anymore." No, just type into the Google: Can castration? Can, can a castrated person have a Why don't a we just ask Siri? Oh, yeah. Siri, if one is castrated, can you get an erection? Okay, I found this on the web for if one is castrated, can you get direction? <laughs> okay, also I just need to briefly mention that I do make my Siri a British man. Yes, that's correct. I do like the idea of a British man butler, and that's, that's why I chose a British man male voice. And you too can change this. You should know. Let me ask the question to Siri. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Uh, I'm bringing it up, and here we go. Boop. Can a castrated person get a boner? Okay, I found this on the web for can a castrated person get a boner. (laughs) Boner is spelled, by the way, B-O-E-H-N-E-R, according to Siri. Like (laughs) D... So... 
I'll look into this over the course over the course of of the uh, as this continues to transpire here. So I'll get back to you on that. But I do want to get back to this episode here. So then later on, uh, this uh, girl who I guess sort of looks like a boy, and and uh, she she goes out and and meets a, a a wolf who who I'm assuming was once her friend, but then got magically transformed into a wolf by what I can only assume is a witch. Um, there was some sort of pirate ship war going well, on towards the better. end of the episode. <laughs> Um, involving you know many a uh, many a uh, people dying, um, it seemed pretty intense. Uh, there was also some cheesy lesbo action that was uh, happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so some some really choice lines of what what, what was her foreign invasion? Oh yes, there's a, hey, here comes a foreign invasion. <laughs> She's like, I don't think you need protection. <laughs> So yeah, so um, I guess I'm just wondering like how accurate that is in the grand scheme of things. One hundred percent. Oh, perfect. Great. <laughs> What's ridiculous though is that they were down there talking about the fact that okay, the Greyjoy girl, the the new queen of or she's gonna assume the throne the, right. of the Greyjoy Islands, of the Iron Islands, is literally talking about her uncle, and she's like, and and uh, you know the Dornish queen is all like, so you're going to be the queen of the Iron Islands. What are you going to do? She's like, I will be queen when I kill my uncle. Like, she's <laughs> obviously thinking about the dude, yeah. but they didn't consider that maybe he was going to try to pull some shit at some point on them. Or like, did they, they really just didn't discuss like where he could be and what, no. you know, they were just no, I mean, knowing that there's this guy out there that is waging war against her, basically. Why were they not more protected? Yeah, and it wa- I mean, it wasn't like uh, Urian Greyjoy. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Euron. It's not like it's not like he's not a dangerous character. Like well, they wouldn't like, seem like that at first. have this like wacky escape from him and then be like, "Oh, I'll get you guys next time." I'll sway. Like he jumps off of a. What is that plank habit? Has like a serpent head. Sounds like they like lower a plank with the serpent head that bites into the boat, and then he's the first one off the it's boat. Sort of, it's sort of like the thing that you put at like the the front of a Mercedes or something. It's like the little uh, the <laughs> mount. It's just like the little yeah. thing at the front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah if you had a Mercedes that lowered that into another Mercedes, and oh, then right. the driver jumped out screaming with an axe and just tore into the <laughs> that that was what this was like. Right. Yeah, but they he they definitely tried to paint him as a kind of like. A somewhat benign character I think in earlier episodes you know he kind of had this vibe of a person who talks to talk but we don't really think that he's no, going to walk yeah, the walk yeah. he kind of seems like a, just a chump who is insignificant ultimately but will stir up some drama maybe here or there and now it's like okay he has actually done something pretty yeah. Uh, pretty detrimental and that it will of grave consequence so now there's like a third of Daenerys's army that may or may not be um, alive and their ships are destroyed yeah this this her ships are destroyed now she like I don't know how she's gonna get the Dornish army because aren't they they're on an island the question is is well okay there's obviously gonna be a lot more Dornish people that are not dead and yeah, they didn't have the Dornish army. No, yet, did they, they just yeah. had some of the Greyjoys people, but yeah. there weren't that many of the Greyjoys with them. Really. I just enough to had like steer however many ships they had. Yeah, just to steer the ships. But then, 
did Euron's army actually defeat all of them, or like how did we know really what happened? I, d- I don't know. We do, I guess we don't really. I mean, it kind of like that was the end of the episode was like, oh, the battle happened and Theon jumped off the boat and now we're all sad. The end. Well, <laughs> Which like, is okay, a familiar they, ending like for me. They're firing bombs. The they're firing bombs at the ships. Yeah. And yet they're all in the line of fire. Euron included. Where are the, where are Euron's ships? Are they in a safe area where they're not getting? I with. saw a lot of stuff on fire. Yeah, it was just like everything <laughs> seemed to be on fire. And then I guess the ship that like had honcho, you know, that like had honcho of the Dornish people is on and her daughters. And then, of course, the, the Iron Islands girl and then Theon. And it's like, well, what about mm-hmm. the rest of their ships? And what about the rest of the other people's ships? And how is that being sort of dealt with? I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, it seems like the the whole pirate-esque battle at the end was kind of just like tossing out like all right we like this is the end of the second episode we know you guys want to see a big fight here you go it did feel kind of like because because it's not all thought out i mean there's also like if you want to get really picky you could be like all right like out of all these ships because there's i mean there's so many fucking ships like there's Mm -hmm. all their ships there's all the mean uncle's ships and he happens to put his plank down on the right ship Exactly. With like all the important women. Well, maybe he knew which ship was theirs because there was some kind of like really obvious. Maybe like all the important women are on this ship. Oh, fuck. We should land on that one. Right. It's like totally. I mean, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It just it didn't seem like this was written by Jar Jar Martin or whatever. (laughs) Jar Jar. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like there was a real like brilliance behind the writing oh. here. It just seemed very like sort of sloppy, you know. Yeah. But maybe the next episode will tell all. Uh, we did see in the preview that Euron is reveling in his defeat in his uh, his victory. Well, he like I think it showed him kind of back over at the red at the uh, at King's Landing, like all prideful and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I'm assuming all that made sense to everybody in the audience because um, I am sitting here a little bit bef- befounded. Uh, but it all sa- it sounds like it was a fantastic, greatest hits episode of of the latest chapter of the of the Game of Thrones. Um, and I do have a bit of a quick update for everybody. Uh, having one testicle removed does not reduce your sex drive or erections. But because the testicles produce male hormones, men who have lost both of their testes may experience a reduction in sex drive and difficult getting and or maintaining an erection. Ah. So you still technically can get an erection, but, but it would be much harder. Which would actually wow, perfectly explain totally the shortness of the grind in the scene where right. like he goes he into he goes into like the approach, and then he's like, oh, "Well, it's gone. All right." I, uh, I'll be, let me help you out do down the here then, yeah, I guess, because exactly. that does okay. Well, now we know. I bet you, you know what? I bet we're not the only ones looking up these questions about that <laughs> tonight. I bet you a lot of people. I are hope like, that Siri's just been swamped tonight with those questions. I know. I think that she. I mean, given the amount of people that were probably watching tonight, probably a good. I don't know, seven seven million people probably looked that I, up. Yeah. I really did expect, like, like, with the amount of of dicks that we've been shown in Game of Thrones, 
I was, I was really, really surpri- disappointed that like, we didn't see a, a penis they, tonight. Let me let let me <laughs> let everyone let me let the record show that if I was going to watch one episode of Game of Thrones, I was truly hoping that I was at least going to see some peen. That I, ballless peen. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. So you're down with a ballless peen. You want to hook that up. I mean, look, that would be like the most entertaining part of the episode to me. Okay, okay. as an outsider, you know, like... Would a penis without balls seriously be like, yeah, I like that for you? It wouldn't be I like it. Well, I would not <laughs> like it either. You know, it's sort of like a neutral it's, zone. Is it... Uh, would so it be exotic? <laughs> yes, exactly. See, so there's a... This is so funny. Earlier in the car today, me and Dominic were talking about pen- types of penises that turn them on. True. And we were talking about how in Game of Thrones, they show a wart-infested penis Oh, I close don't up. remember that one. Season three or four. But anyway. I had. I must have blocked it. Dominic was like, oh, I loved that part. I'm like, you loved seeing a penis with a wart no, on it? No, 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 no. Let me clarify. I have not seen that. I have not seen that, but I'm saying I would probably love that part. I know. And it's like, you would love it because it would sexually turn you on? No, 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 no. It wouldn't sexually turn me on, but it would be, it's just like, I don't know, there's an amusing factor to seeing. Well, that's totally legit. I'm amused by it myself, but I mean, I thought you were saying that it's sexy to see a penis, even with a wart. Well, you know, I mean, there might be a slight element in there, but I think mostly it's just entertainment value. It's fun factor. I definitely would love to see a ballless penis myself. That would be exactly. entertaining, but not in a sexual way. I would not be sexually aroused by that. Mm-hmm. But I thought you were saying that you would be, and that's where I was thinking, interesting. Okay, Dominic's got some crazy vibes going on here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's mainly like I don't think I have ever seen a ballless penis because I have not, like, I've never gone on that Google um, wormhole oh. yet. Though maybe now I will. I'll probably forget, honestly. But like this that's the thing. It's like, why can't Game of Thrones present the ballless penis to the American that, public? That was our one chance. I would have expected them to do it, considering what they have, they've shown <laughs> us was in the really, past. It was like, they were, and they were self-aware enough to know that like, oh, we're a show that would show this. So instead, we're just going to keep going back and forth between their faces, and you're just left there wondering when are they going to show the when are they going to show the penis? Right. When are they, when are they, they're not going. Oh they're, uh, nope! All right, they're not going to show it. All right, uh, we we get tits and ass. I know. And it's like let's just not watch this scene yeah. anymore. It's so ridiculous. It's just always it's always tits and ass and no peen, and I think that's the real that's the real bummer of American society. But that's not totally true because they've definitely shown multiple penises on this show before, which is why yeah. I thought they were going to show this. But probably way more. More TNA, I'm assuming. Yes, I th- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. So then, uh, case closed. <laughs> Anyways, I do think that we should probably wrap it up this evening. Was there any just like quick, very, very brief, quick final thoughts that you guys wanted to say? I mean, okay. Any thoughts on the on Cersei or I mean, what about Jon Snow? I think Jon Snow. Oh, we know that Jon Snow is going to meet Daenerys on the next episode. Yeah. That's going to be we, interesting. Yeah, but it's like. Basically, Cersei's defense is a giant fucking bow and arrow <laughs> against yeah, the that's, dragon. I mean, that's all she's... Well, she's got the mountain. Yeah, but the mountain does, can't you know, fe- cannot defeat a dragon. It, can't he? The mountain? No way. But the question is, is how did the Mad King defeat the dragon? No, not, no, th- not the Mad King. I they, mean, how, how did, did they uh, defeat his dragons? How did they defeat his dragon? I don't And who is they? remember. Like Robert Baratheon's? It's Robert Baratheon's army? Yeah, I feel like something weird had to happen, though, because that dragon that they find down in the bottom is r- real big. I know. That was huge. That seemed bigger than any of Daenerys' dragons. Did. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I do want to watch the next episode. I, hmm. 
so bummed there's only seven. That means after next episode, there's only going to be four more. Seven. Much like the seven uh, years that we must wait for our next outing into Bend, Oregon, because I only like to come here when there are giant moths. So you let me know. Call me up. Ring me up. Facebook message me seven years from now. I'll, I'll call you in six years when we get the caterpillars. Cause see, no, I'd like to see that as well. You if know. you thought the moths were cool, wait till you see giant fucking caterpillars that <laughs> squish their goo everywhere. So thanks, Eli, for being on this um, ridiculous podcast and talking Game of Thrones with us and for hosting us as well oh, yeah. and for playing with us. It's a massive thanks to you, so I appreciate it. No, I'm glad you guys are here. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Um, and we are actually going to end the show with a song from this island earth. Um, but first, this has been Totally Tell Me. We post new episodes every Wednesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you dig us, share us with a friend, subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes. Uh, helps us get the word out. And our intro music is by Laura and Anton. Um, again, thanks to Eli of This Island Earth. And this is North America by This Island Earth. And uh, tune in next Wednesday for a new episode of Totally Tell Me.
心。